Welcome to CelebrityNetwork.com. I'm your host, Lena Valentine. Our guests today are the very beautiful and talented Terry Moore and Jane Russell. These two remarkable women have made well over 100 films and have worked with some of the most handsome and accomplished leading men in the industry. Today you'll get to eavesdrop on a telephone conversation between Terry and Jane as they discuss some of the very intimate details about the rugged Robert Mitchum, the very handsome Clark Abel, and the often mysterious Richard Egan. Husbands and lovers are not exempt from this very compelling and often funny conversation. Jane talks candidly about her association with Marilyn Monroe, and Terry Moore discusses her meeting with Leonardo DiCaprio and his portrayal of Howard Hughes. Just a hint, listen for the very funny story of how Jane Russell and her friends played a joke on an unsuspecting Clark Gable. Join us now and enjoy a conversation between old acquaintances. We're just two little girls from Little Rock. We lived on the wrong side of the tracks. I was just trying to figure out when we first met. You know, of course, I was a fan of yours before you even knew I was born. And, of course, I was born, but you didn't even know I existed. And from The Outlaw, because I just loved that movie and, and, and you and all your movies. Do you remember when we first met? The only time I really remember us being together and connecting was when we had to go on Larry King's show. Right, right. And that was all on Howard Hughes. Yeah. So we connected totally and utterly then. Oh, I know. And then uh, Leonardo DiCaprio came out to your house, and you said that he should talk to me, that you thought I knew more about Howard Hughes than anybody, and you talked to him, and then I talked to him, and then he had us out to the set, and we had dinner with him, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, on the, the Aviator. Yeah. And uh, you remember? His, his movie. When he played Howard Hughes, and I'll never yeah. forget, you looked at him and you really liked him, but you said, you are no Howard Hughes. Remember when you said that to him? <laughs> well, he was not built like him at all, either, you know. No, and he's so young and innocent. Well, it should have been Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> right. If Jimmy Stewart were living, that's who it would be. Yeah. Well, Jane, I, uh, I tell everybody that we have so much in common because I was Howard Hughes' wife. You were his star. We were both married to Heisman Trophy winners and who played for the Rams. And then I was at your wedding reception to your beautiful husband who died soon after your wedding. Oh, you were? Yes, you were I was. At, you had you a were, wedding reception. Do you remember yeah. where it was? I, I think it was at some restaurant. Was it after the wedding? It was after the wedding. Yeah. Well, you came it was out right here across, and had a party. It was right across the street from the hotel on Sunset Boulevard. Right. At Ella's, her house, and then the whole yard was all arranged. Della Reese, was it Della? No. She was married before. To to the singer. Andy Andy Russell. Andy Russell, yeah. Her name was Della. Della Russell. Della Russell. They split, and she had married a guy, a, a German fellow that had 
gone to Mexico, and she ended up living in Mexico and her house. But right. she was the one that gave the engage, the not the engagement party. Well, though. I was there, and I yeah. can't remember what her maiden name was, but she was a big singer. She was one of the singers with Connie and Beryl and myself when we right. started. When you first started. Yeah. J- Jane, was, was Richard Egan your favorite leading man or, or, or Robert Mitchum? Who was your favorite leading man? I, there's no way I could say a, a, <laughs> I adored them all. And they all adored you, but didn't you have one favorite? Well, I, I suppose, I don't know, because um, Richard Egan and I had a wonderful fighting <laughs> Yeah, pretend time. fight. Yeah, and Mitch and I were, you know, we were very natural together, very. Well, you were like brother and sister, you were so close. No, it wasn't quite that. Really? (laughs) (laughs) We had the hots for each other. You know, I guess all his leading women had the hots for him, didn't they? I guess. Ava was. He was really wonderful to me. Yeah. Well, I know he had the hots for you. I know Ava Gardner had the hots for him. And uh, uh, Howard called me and said that, that he didn't know what to do, that she had camped on his doorstep. She what? She had camped on his doorstep. She did on his yeah, doorstep? Yeah, she, 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 she camped on his doorstep. He woke up one morning and she was on his doorstep, Ava Gardner. Yeah, but was it, you mean Mitchum? Yeah, on Mitchum's doorstep. Well, <laughs> but did she want to meet his wife? No, but maybe she wasn't in town, or maybe maybe it was his, his dressing room or something doorstep. Yeah. Maybe they were on location. Yeah. And uh, Shirley MacLaine followed him to Africa. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you made more movies with him than anybody. Well, we were very, very close. And, oh, Howard. Right. I can remember sitting in his car. It was right down the driveway from my house. Uh-huh. He had come there, and I was to go and talk to him, and he was going to tell me that he understood that I wanted to divorce Robert and that Mitch and I would get married. <laughs> and I said, oh, he, no oh, wow. Way. I said, no way, that's ridiculous. I said, That no, was Bob Waterfield. Would... He thought you would divorce Bob Waterfield. Yeah. And uh, and Mitch was going to divorce Dorothy, and he would put us together. And and Howard would put you together? Yes. Oh. And, <laughs> I said, and, oh, and, wait, I wonder... that's, that's utterly ridiculous. I said, don't you know that it's perfectly okay to love two people? <laughs> you know, I said, it doesn't mean you divorce somebody and go with the other one. Oh, how smart you are, because how many people have divorced and been so sorry. They jump from the frying pan into the fire. Who is the the better kisser, uh, uh, Bob Mitchum or or, or Richard Egan? I never kissed Richard Egan, except in the picture. Well, that's what I mean. We had a ball. We had a wonderful time battling. Yeah. I did a TV series with him called Empire. And, of course, he was my... I never kissed him either, because he was... uh, supposed to be working for me in the movie. He was supposed to be my uh, ranch manager. Oh. But on the screen, which was the better kisser? I, <laughs> I, somebody asked me that once, and, and it was Bob Hope and I were doing a show out in the desert near his desert house. Uh-huh. And uh, 
hollered out of the audience, who was the best kisser? And I said, oh, Bob Hope for sure. I said, that big, soft, flabby mouth, you just melded into it. <laughs> and, and then Hope came out on the stage and he says, I wasn't even trying. Oh, that was so cute. I mean, he yeah. always came up with the best retorts. What was your face? I love it. What was your uh, favorite uh, uh, movie of any movie you made? Oh, well, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes was the best. Yeah. Because it had Howard Hawks and Jack Cole. Oh, God, uh, uh, who's the choreographer. That must have been so much fun. And you and Marilyn became such good girlfriends. Yeah, we were good. We got along fine. She was like a little sister. I know. She was like a little dove, wasn't she, that you wanted to take under your wing like a mama bird? Yeah. Would you say that's true? Yes, absolutely. She yeah. Was, it was her first really big picture. She'd only done one other where she had the lead, and it wasn't all that good. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, her makeup man told my makeup man that that she was just she came in at, at about an hour and a half before I did in the morning, uh-huh. but she was just nervous. He says she's all ready, but she's just nervous about going out on the set. And uh, Shotgun told me that, that's I, your makeup man. Okay, Shotgun, I'll I remember take him. care of that, and I I would just go by her dressing room and say, come on, baby, we got about five minutes to get over there, and she'd go, oh, all right, okay, and up she'd get, and we'd trot out there together. She was never late again. Oh, well, you know something, she got worse and worse later on her movies, um, Shotgun Britain, uh, people will wonder who Shotgun is, Shotgun was your makeup man, who wasn't afraid of anything, I can see him going and getting Marilyn Monroe out of her dressing room, because she would become... She would turn from Norma Jean into Marilyn Monroe with the makeup, and she'd be fascinated with her own image. Not only was she frightened to death, but she she just was got fascinated with the way she looked and never wanted to leave that image. Oh. <laughs> Did you know well, that? I don't know. That's probably, but she also was just nervous about going oh, out. Oh, yeah. She never got over being nervous. Were you ever so nervous? I was the one that got her. I would just go by and say, come on, honey, let's go. And Good for just, you. Big sister just grabbed her and went yeah, off. She'd get up and trot on with me. Wasn't well, I don't, think any, I don't think anyone ever had uh, billing over Marilyn Monroe again. I mean, you were one of the, uh, of course, you were a bigger star, and and uh, that's really something that well, ended I've up being... I've been working. I've been doing pictures for quite a while. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, she was new. Right. And we had, we both had to learn to dance. Neither one of us had ever learned that. But you and guys look, both of you look like you danced all your life, and you with your know, long, gorgeous legs. Well, Jack Cole was responsible for that, believe me. He rehearsed uh-huh. us and rehearsed us and for several weeks before we started the picture. Well, you were a singer and had such a beautiful voice. Had she ever yeah, sung I before? Had, I had been singing in other pictures. Too, but Marilyn hadn't been, and uh, Jack's piano man was Hal Schaefer. Uh huh. And he's the one that was helping Marilyn sing and get the guts to open her mouth. Wow. And she did such a good job. Oh yes, yeah, she was 
fine. She had a very good pitch and everything. It was yeah, and good rhythm. Just nervous. <laughs> oh. But you guys still had fun on that movie, didn't you? Oh, yeah. And Howard yeah. Hawks knew how to handle her. Well, yeah, she had her coach on the set. Oh, Natasha liked that. Wor- she had worked the night before with the coach, and then the coach was on the set, and then when we do a scene, she would immediately look at the coach, not Hawks. Oh, boy, <laughs> no director like that. You don't do that to Hawks, so keep Not one the, of the great directors of all time, he Howard Hawks. He put the coach off the set, and Marilyn ran to her dressing room and cried. Well, and, I knew uh, that coach. I was with uh, the coach when Marilyn met her. Marilyn, Before Marilyn went to 20th Century Fox, she was under contract to Columbia, and so was I. And they bring this little sparrow in, and they said, now you, we've just put her under contract. She's to... Uh, to uh, uh, she, uh, Natasha Lightest, the Russian drama coach at Columbia, was uh, I had no one to do scenes with, and they said, "Now you'll have a scene partner," and that's how she met her. And then Natasha took over her life, and yep. she had Marilyn Monroe move in with her. She lived with her, everything, and she just ran her life until uh, until she met Lee Strasberg, and then she, you know, went into the yeah. actor's studio and got away from Natasha. Yeah. Uh, one other. Story that's always <laughs> reminded me. Tommy Noonan. Oh, was, Tommy, yeah. Who was playing Daddy. They had a kissing scene. And a guy came up to to him right after it and said, Well, now you kiss Marilyn Monroe. Now, what was it like? And he looked up in the sky and he said, It was, it was. Like being swallowed alive. <laughs> well, Marilyn heard that and ran to her dressing room crying. Oh, I would have said, a compliment. I would have said to him, honey, you'd be so lucky. <laughs> but she cried. Oh, was she mad at him? She was hurt. Oh, gosh. She was very sensitive, and <laughs> she cried when the, the coach was put off the set, and she cried when the guy When he said that it was like being swallowed alive, which, which anybody else would have thought was the greatest compliment in the world. <laughs> I just think it was a funny, <laughs> wonderful thing to say, but you know, <laughs> not her. I wonder, I wonder if she would have cried if Bob Hope had said it, because that's like a, a good Bob Hope remark. <laughs> Jane, do you want to... And I was with Clark Gable, you know. Oh, my too. God. I didn't know that. Which picture did you do with him? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a Western crazy thing. Was it wonderful working with him? Oh, yeah. We had a ball. Oh, I love... I mean, he'll always be Red Butler to me. He was the biggest tease that ever walked. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Really. Now, did you get to kiss Clark Gable? Did I kiss him? In the movie? Oh, yeah, sure. Was he a good kisser? I guess I had to kiss all of them in the movie. Oh. But there's no I, way I think I would have fainted if if Clark Gable had ever kissed me. <laughs> oh, he was a doll. He was really funny and, as I said, a terrible tease. Oh. Was, um, we were down in Mexico making The Tall Men. That's what it was. Oh, I remember that movie. 
And Raul Waltz was our director. Oh, I loved him. Yeah, I did too. I used to call him Father, and I would call him on Father's Day wherever he was in the world. Mm-hmm. Mitch and Richard Egan and I all went to his house when he before he died, and he was in bed and couldn't get out, you know. And oh boy! We all we all went to see him. We, I loved him. I uh, loved anyway, him, too. I did anyway, one of my last pictures at Fox for him. We were down in Mexico, and mm-hmm. Raul and Gable had a house, and my stand-in, Carmen, and I had a house. Mm-hmm. And there was a patio out in the back. <laughs> Robert Waterfield, I had just come back from England, and I'd been gone six months, so he had come down to Mexico because I was put to work right away, uh-huh. and he came down to see me. And he was across the patio talking to somebody, and Gable was sitting right beside me. Well, the person I had met, Gable, originally with was John Payne. Oh, and yeah. I, had, I, I had broken up with Robert, and mm-hmm. I had gone with John Payne. Payne. About a year. Now, I made my first movie with him when I was 11. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. a doll. Doll. Go but I had already, you know, I've been, I had gone with Robert before, and we definitely were meant to go together. Uh-huh. Anyway, I had to break up with John, and I went back to Robert. Mm-hmm. So now Robert is, is in this patio, and Gable's sitting beside me. And mm-hmm. Robert's over there talking to somebody, and Gable starts in. Jane, tell me, don't you miss John Payne? Oh gosh! And he starts this with a big grin on his face, and I'm looking at him with my fist. I'm gonna punch you right in the mouth. <laughs> <And> <laughs> oh, he was a tease. He was bad. He keeps on talking about John Payne and saying his name, but. Fortunately, Robert never did really hear him, but I just wanted to kill him. Oh, that, my. That was Gale. Oh, was boy, too. he was a big tease. Oh, just the biggest tease in the world. So, Oh, Jane. Oh, uh, Raul, everybody knew it. I mean, he was he was doing this to everybody. So Gable Ra- Raul <laughs> found a de-skunked. Mm -hmm. and put it in Gable's bedroom. Now, he's been out riding horseback and all this stuff with cattle, and he's coming in to take his shower, and he sees this skunk. Oh, my God, And he backs up against the wall, and he's going, Rawl! Rawl! (laughs) Rawl! And pretty soon, the door is open with Raul with his cowboy boots on and his thing over his eye. You know, he wore a patch. Yeah, he wore the patch. And he's rolling his own cigarette and laughing his head off. <laughs> and then he told all of us about Gable backed up against the wall. Raul, Raul. You know? <laughs> and we were all thrilled that we finally got back at Gable. Somewhere. Oh, did did he ever get back? What? Oh, that is just the best story. Oh, my gosh. 
That is, I mean, that is so funny. Oh, and how I, I wonder who did who discussed the skunk. I mean, that's not easy. Well, I, I it was ob- obviously done because there was no smell. Oh yeah, I, I, listen, a, a friend of mine's dog just attacked one, and I've never seen anything like it. It was the worst thing that ever. The dog killed the skunk, and we had to hold it out the window and take it to, and and dump it in a dumpster. The skunk, it, it was uh, on and, and washed the dogs that night. It was on their grass for for days. There's <laughs> there's nothing worse than a skunk. <laughs> oh, he must have been scared to death. That is so funny. And who yeah. would ever suspect him? Yeah. We oh. Well, you know something? Um, I had no idea that you'd worked for Gable. Oh, when it was World War II, and he was in his real uniform. And I was about 12 or 14 years old in that, that range. And... You know, I I hadn't been particularly a Gable fan because I thought, oh, he made mushy pictures and kissed the woman. You know, when you're 12 years old, you don't like you, you yeah. like westerns and stuff. So it's outside of MGM, you know, on the street of MGM, not not inside, but outside. Mother and I are walking along, and since I'd been a child actress, she'd say, "There's Lana Turner," they'd say, "Every Gardner," and I'd say, "You know, yeah, I mean, there's Lucille Ball." I was used to it. She said to me, "Now he's in his." World War II uniform, and I still have a thing for uniforms. She said, there's Clark Gable. And I looked up, and I fainted. I went, ah, oh, he caught me. I'm 12 years old. I mean, I will never forget that. I thought he was the sexiest man I'd ever seen in my entire life. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. I yeah. I was only 12, but I'd seen Gone the, with the Wind, and oh, gosh. I still it every time it comes out. Well. I just love it. Well, darling, I will not keep you any longer. You have the best, you are the best storyteller I know. I just love you. I'll give you a call tomorrow, and, and I just uh, got a, uh, an invitation uh, just now when I went out to the mailbox for Midsummer's Night's Dream. So put down August 9th, and we'll go to the Playboy Mansion together. Okay. Okay? All right. And thank you for all the memories. Yeah, darling. I love you, love you, love you. Thank you. Bye, honey. Well, that was some conversation. It's fun being a fly on the wall, isn't it? Those two ladies have had some very exciting times. I hope you have enjoyed listening as I have. This has been the first of several conversations between Terry Moore and Jane Russell. It was recorded July of 2008. I hope you'll tune in again for the next installment of Conversations with Celebrities, brought to you by CelebrityNetwork.com. I'd also like to invite you to visit our website for additional material on Terry Moore, as well as photographs, books, and much more. That's www.CelebrityNetwork.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye-bye, baby. Remember you're my baby when they give you the eye.